Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Okay, praise God. Well, welcome back Wisdom and Stuff podcast. This is Daryl Boucher, and um, this is um, just a good day. God's always so good. Uh, yeah, this is a day the Lord has made, and we're going to rejoice. We're going to be glad in it. Praise God. Um, one thing I want to get into today is uh, just talking about the rich young ruler. Uh, there's a couple different accounts of him, but Mark chapter 10, probably the uh, most familiar account. And uh, here, th- what you know, when you say rich young ruler, what you're talking about is this young man in Mark chapter 10, and uh, he uh, he comes to Jesus, and he's like. Um, you know, he asked Jesus, he goes, what do I need to do to, you know, you know, enter the kingdom or whatever? And, and Jesus is like, well, you know, you know the commandments, do the, do these, you know, he lists, he lists on the commandments. And, uh, and in verse 20, the guy says, uh, he goes, all these are done for my youth. And Jesus, verse 21, beholding him, loved him and said to him, one thing thou lackest, go thy way and sell whatever you have and give to the poor and thou shalt shall have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about, and said unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again, and said, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? It's easier for a camel to go through an eye of needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, says, "What with men it's impossible, but with God all things are possible." Then Peter began to say to him, "Lo, we have left all and followed thee." And Jesus said, "Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brethren, sisters, and mothers and children and lands with persecutions, and in the world to come eternal life." Says, but many that shall be first, as many that are first shall be last and last first. Now, here he's talking to this rich young ruler, and the, and the guy goes, the guy comes to him, and now the guy, like I said, he 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 is a very upstanding young man, you know. Uh, he says, he's like, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus is like, well, you don't, you know, the commandments. Now, you know, this young young man, I, you know, I don't know what his heart really was all about with this, um, because we don't have that clarified. Uh, but it, it sounds like the guy was just basically wanting some kind of validation for his good behavior. Like, hey, you know, I want to, I want to show that I'm really, really good guy. And so he asked Jesus, uh, and Jesus is like, well, you know, the commandments. And the guy's like, yeah, I've done all those from my youth. So he already knew. He already knew he was he was living a righteous lifestyle as far as you know in behavior. He already knew that he was he was one that kept the commandments from his youth. That he was one that was really upstanding and and all of that. So you know he, he wasn't necessarily coming to Jesus uh, necessarily to ask something uh, of what he needed to do, but apparently you know he he didn't get the answer he expected. Let me put it that way, because Jesus was like, yeah, you know you've done all these things, but one thing you lack. One thing, one thing you lack is, you know, you, you, you have all this money and you're trusting in this money. And he goes, why don't you give that to the poor? And why don't you come and follow me? And you'll have treasure in heaven. And then just, just get, take up your cross and follow me. And says he, he went away greed because he had great possessions. 
And then, of course, you know, the disciples, they inquire about it. And Jesus is like, he's like, yeah, how hard is it for a rich man? And he goes, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? Money isn't the issue. It's the trust that's the issue, right? And because these are Jewish people, and, and that's why the disciples were astonished at his words in verse 24. I mean, they were like floored. And they're like, who then can be saved? Because... They they come from a, a Jewish background with a covenant of with Abraham that was tied to wealth. You know they know that a covenant with God means that you have wealth. They know, and Jesus is a wealthy person. Jesus is literally uh, you know employing these twelve disciples and telling them to come and follow him every day. They leave their businesses, and Jesus is taking care of them and their families. They have money, you know, and and they're like, well, then who then can be saved? Because we know you have money. And we come from a covenant of wealth with Abraham. And so who can be saved if, if, if rich men can't be saved? And Jesus is like, no, no, no. This is about those who trust in riches. And what happened with this rich young ruler is, is the rich young ruler, he comes and Jesus is like, there's one thing that you're still trusting in that you haven't handed over yet. There's one thing that you just haven't handed over yet that you're still you're still you haven't let God be God over that area of your life yet. And, uh, and he goes, that's what's keeping you back from the fullness right now. What's keeping you back from the fullness is that one area. And honestly, there, there, there's, there's, this is obviously in the Bible for a reason. It speaks to us for a reason. God put the, 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 the details of this in here for a reason. Because there, uh, most of our lives come down to usually one or two things that we haven't handed over yet. And here, this disciple, I mean, this young man, he was he was one who kept the commandments. He recognized Jesus as, he goes, oh, good master. And, and Jesus is like, why are you calling me good? You know, because he, you know, he, here he's honoring Jesus. He looks at Jesus as, 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 as a leader for the, for the voice of God. He's asking him questions. But all of the good things he was doing was being negated by a, a, a part of his heart that wasn't given over to God yet. And that part of his heart was represented by money. And Jesus, I love this because, you know, Peter, he says, he goes, well, we, we've left all and followed thee. You know, and others, he's going, what, what's in it for us? And uh, Jesus answered and says, verily I say to you, there is no man that has left house, brethren, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, or lands for my sake and the gospels, but shall receive a hundredfold. Now in this time, in this time, houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children, and lands, and per with persecutions in the world to come eternal life. Now we know, like uh, it's in Matthew's uh, a rendition of this, where Jesus said, "If you're not willing to leave things behind, you have no part with me." If you don't, and he what he's addressing is soulish trust issues. The fact that people that we have a tendency to put our trust in different things that are on this earth, and we try we draw from those things to meet our needs. And so this young man, his security was in his money. His security wasn't in God. He he was obeying God, and so he 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 was obeying God. He was trying to be faithful, but he was kind of using that obedience as a workaround, so he didn't have to deal with this part of his heart. How many times have we done that, right? I mean, I can I can raise my hand on that because it's like how many times have we said, "Well, I'll do I'll do really good over here if this part of my heart just doesn't have to get addressed." 
And God's going, but that's the one part that's holding you back. The other part that you're doing isn't holding you back. This is the part that's holding you back. This this part of your heart that we haven't uh, we haven't trusted God fully yet. This part of our heart that we still have a trust issue with. This part of our heart that we have we have you know basically tied to things in this earth or to relationships in this earth, and we're trying to draw from those relationships the things we should be getting from God. And that's what we call idolatry, right? An, Id an idol is something that we are drawing from other than God. And we're looking for something to meet our needs outside of God, and that's what idolatry is. Now, you know, he lists, uh, you know, he lists quite a few things here, but he's he is listing things that, that even in today's day and age, you know, uh, mankind hasn't changed that much, where the soulish, what I call crutches, um, you know, are... are you know, not a big mystery. You know, you can, you know, like with this young man, it was money. And and some people, you know, they they do have uh, uh, trust issues when it comes to money. They're they're looking to the works of their hands to produce what they what they need. They're looking to their job. They're looking to the economy. They're looking to these different things. So there's a trust issue there. They can go to church every Sunday. They can, you know, uh, be an usher. They can, they can make sure that they don't, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, commit adultery and all those other things. They, they can, they can, they can keep the law. They can keep the commandments. They can obey God, but they're still looking at their job to meet their needs. You know, they're looking at their paycheck. They're looking at at, at the economy. They're looking at all these other things. So when something, you know, you know here's the thing: you can you can pinpoint um, areas of trust. And, you know, honestly, if you've been around very long at all, uh, you don't have to look very hard. You know what areas of, of your heart, uh, you know, are still looking to the earth to meet your needs. And um, and so it doesn't take much at all. I mean, this is not a mystery, honestly. People try to pretend that it is. They're like, I just don't know. Well, you know, you're not looking very hard because the Word says whatever you seek is what you find. If you're looking to find an area that of idolatry, you'll find it. Doesn't, God is not quiet about this, okay? He is telling you all the time. The Holy Spirit is telling you all the time. Your own heart is convicting you. Uh, you know, daily about these things, but we get distracted, and we want to be distracted because just like the stretching ruler, he didn't want to be confronted on this issue. He didn't want. He wanted to be applauded for what he was doing. He wanted to have the pat on the back. He wanted to be, you know, validated for all the good things he was doing. But he didn't want the one thing to be exposed. The one thing that was holding him back, the one thing that was toxic to him, the one thing that was keeping him from the life of God that was available to him, he didn't want it exposed. And many times we 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 don't want it exposed. Well, for different reasons, you know. Some some, and I'm not going to say it's only just one or two things. But you know, some of the main reasons is we've just had it so long. It's it's really so familiar and so comfortable to us that we don't know what to do without it. Um, and like with him, it was money. You know, like I said, some people are like, well, if I didn't, if I didn't look to my job to pay my bills, what would I possibly do? Well, God is the supplier of all things. In the, in in a tangible form, God supplies your needs. Outside of jobs, outside of a paycheck, He is the supplier of needs, okay? And uh, and so, uh, but emotionally, that's a big deal. God, you know, when Jesus makes this list, he yes, he lists, he lists houses, and he lists lands, you know, in other words, those are tangible things. I mean, people right now, they're tied to their land, you know, they're tied to their house, they're tied to things that they've invested in, and, and they, they can't, they can't see a life uh, that's free uh, or, or or absent of you know the the stuff they and, and like I said that this is you know, this is one of the ways you can if if you're not you know fully aware 
of the trust issues that, that maybe you haven't dealt with yet, all you have to do is ask the right questions. All you have to do is allow your mind for a second to just to start start deleting things out of your life and say, what would my life what would my what would my life look like without this? And see if your soul freaks out or not. Right? If your soul starts getting freaked out when the economy shifts or when you know something happens in a relationship or something like that, if your soul starts getting kind of freaked out, you start getting insecure, you start getting fidgety, you want to fix it right away. That's huge indicators that there's a trust issue there. Okay, because you're 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 you know if 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 it has to be fixed right away, then you're looking to that to be your wholeness, and when that is not acting whole, now suddenly you don't feel whole, and uh, and this is this is common to man. I mean, my goodness, everybody goes through this type of stuff, but but Jesus, he's pointing this out, and he's saying, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible, and so he literally makes this this statement about this. He goes, yeah, I get it. I get it that your human natural mind doesn't know what to do without these 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 things in your life. I get it that the natural mind only knows how to draw life from these other things in in your life. He goes, With, to your natural mind, it's impossible. It's impossible. Stop trying to figure it out to your natural mind. Stop trying. If it if it seems impossible, it's because to your natural mind it is impossible. You're on the right track if you're approaching the impossible to your mind. You're on the right track if you're literally saying, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what my alternative is if I don't do this and this and this and this. You're on the right track then. But you got to keep pressing past it and say, well, but with God, all things are possible. With God, he doesn't want... See, whatever... And like, you know, of course, Jesus, as he lists houses and lands, he also lists relationships, right? He talks about fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Those are relationships. And you know, relationships are valuable to God. They're, they're, they should be valuable to us. But they're none of the, none of our relationships should be a source of life to us. They should be things we're pouring into and not drawing from. And so he's just saying that, that our relationships with things, our relationships with money, our relationships with houses and lands, and our relationships with people, they can get, you know, they can get twisted. They can become perverted, not in a sexual way, but they can get, get perverted to the point where we're drawing from them instead of pouring into them. We should be drawing everything from God and pouring into those relationships. We are the blessing in that relationship. And even though you know those people can bless us and all that, we are not drawing that from them. We, you know, if that relationship were to go away today, I am just as strong. Because I'm completing Christ. And and it doesn't mean there's not value to that relationship, but the value is not in what the relationship does for me. Right? The, 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 the value is not what it does for me. That's not what the value is, is about. In heaven, there is no need at all. And yet there's relationships. And so that tells me that that a heavenly relationship is not one where the, the relationship is meeting each other's needs. That is a soulish, earthly-based concept. Okay, Adam didn't have any need when God created Eve. He had no need. He was complete. He was in the likeness and image of God. But then when he created Eve, it wasn't because Adam had a need. But that's what we think. We think, well, you know, if I don't have this person in my life, I don't have... well, what's happened is we've allowed people to become idols. And, and it's, it becomes a crutch for us. It becomes a crutch of limitation. What we don't realize is the very things like Paul said. You know, he said, the things I used to count as gain, I now count as loss. The things that I used to think were my assets are now my liabilities. The things that I used to think were actually my strengths are now my weaknesses. The things I used to actually lean on as a crutch to actually get me through something I now realize is a prison for me. And it's a limitation. But it becomes so comfortable and so familiar that we run to those things. And the soul 
The soul wants to run to those things when when we feel threatened or insecure or whatever. You know, and uh, man, there's uh, you know, the soul has has all kinds of little hiding places for our crutches. You know, and we have validations and justifications. And yet Jesus is saying, no, no, no. And in Matthew, like I said, he says that if 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 you're not willing to give all these things up, then you're not even worthy of me. You can't even take part of what I have here. Because what Jesus has is life, and life more abundantly. But if, if we're so in love with the counterfeit, if we're so in love with bondage, then we're never going to accept freedom. Because freedom offends bondage. Okay, Limitlessness offends limitation. right? Authority offends control because it's the perversion of it. And so... When when we're when we're you know just just walking these things out, I want us to to just realize I don't I look, this is not about condemnation. It's not even about going on a witch hunt. It's literally about saying, okay, I believe there's such a higher level of freedom here that God wants me to have a hundredfold in this lifetime. It says with persecutions. But he wants me to have a hundredfold. He wants me to have a hundredfold houses and lands and brothers and sisters. He wants me to have all these things. He didn't want to take anything from that rich young ruler. He wanted to get him a hundredfold. He wanted him to have a hundredfold so that the, when the relationship is healthy, we can actually walk in such a higher demonstration of that. We can walk in what a, we we can walk in what it looks like in heaven. We can literally be a demonstration of heaven on earth with our families and and but uh, you know and, and with all the relationships around us, we can live in this instead of being so needy that we're drawing these drawing things from those things we're pouring out all the time we're pouring out the life of god wherever we are in every relationship we're pouring out the life of god and we're freely receiving from god and we're freely giving to people and so knowing that th this is this is about those crutches though but the crutch is a funny thing because um you know a crutch you know in the natural realm i'm talking about just a crutch that you would use like when i was nine or whatever i i um I almost, I had a really, really badly sprained, almost broken foot area. And so I was on crutches, had a cast for a little while. And uh, and so I was on crutches for a while. And uh, the thing is that the crutches and even the cast, uh, you know, they were there. The, the cast was there, you know, so that I wouldn't move my foot, right? So my foot would stay in a stationary position. Uh, and so my foot would stay in the same stationary position, so that the bones and whatever else, and the ligaments, tendons, whatever, whatever got messed up, would would be able to mend and heal, right? And because if there was too much movement, it would put too much stress and in too much inflammation would would happen, all this other stuff, right? So the the cast was there to keep my foot in in a a, a fixed position that whole time, so healing could begin. Well, the crutches were there, so I didn't put weight on that foot because it was you know, too weak to carry the weight of my body. And so the, the crutch was there to carry that weight. Now, the thing is, the crutch is very useful, you know, right after there's been an injury. The crutch is very useful. But then there comes a time, though, when my foot was healed and and everything got strong again. And so they, they you know, they cut the cast off. So now my, 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 my foot can move again. And they didn't expect me to be on crutches anymore. In fact, you know, I, I, it was one of those things where I was pretty much, you know, I wasn't on the crutches as long as they, they intended me to be, but, um, cause my foot was feeling a lot better. And so I just, you know, I, I ended up putting weight on it and all that other stuff. But, uh, but the point of it is this, is that the, even though that crutch was very helpful when the injury was new, if my foot would have healed, and then I kept using the crutch, that crutch that was once a help now becomes a hindrance. Because as long as I'm using that crutch, I'm not using the muscles in my foot the way they're intended to be used. And now those muscles will go into entropy, and my leg will get weaker and weaker. Even though it's perfectly healthy, it will get weaker and weaker because I have a crutch. And I want to tell you right now, 
you know, as we grow up in life, the world attacks us in different ways, and it, it can it can hurt our heart, it can hurt our soul, it can hurt us in different ways. And the world, you know, it does that. You know, the enemy does that. Different strategies of the enemy do that uh, through all kinds of different situations. We get hurt, we get beat up soulishly, and so what happens is our heart gets crushes. We get crutches to to help. You know, and, and those crutches become, you know, just little, you know, security blankets and different little areas where we find comfort, where we find strength or whatever. And it's to get us through those 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 seasons of life that there was so much hurt and pain. But the problem is, is that when we get saved, we still have these crutches. And all those, those crutches actually were pretty helpful at one point in the season in my life. Now that my heart is being is is healed through Christ, now that I'm I'm complete in Christ, that crutch is now a deterrent from my strength. That crutch is actually keeping excuse me, keeping me weak. And so that, that, that crutch is actually not, not helping me at all. It's keeping me weak. It's, it's, it's not allowing the muscles of my heart to actually grow in how to love people and how to pour out to people. And those crutches are there. And the thing is, if I, here I am, I'm walking around on crutches, and those crutches can look like fear, it can look like criticism, it can look like control, it can look like even like sarcasm, it can look like, um, you know, just uh, being introverted, it can look like, it can, it can look a lot of different ways. And I've walked in, I mean, I had a lot of crutches coming into the things of God. I had lots, of, and over the years, those crutches got exposed and exposed and exposed, and I would, I would justify that crutch. You know, that was crutch with my friend. I had that crutch since I was nine years old. I had that crutch since I was 12 years old. I had that crutch since I was 15. And I, that crutch was a friend to me for a long time. And, and, and I was like the rich young ruler that would get grieved when, when the Holy Spirit would say, yeah, but what about this crutch? And I didn't even know it was a crutch at the time. I thought it was my strength. But like Paul said, I had to count what I used to count as a strength as a weakness. And I used to, I, I had to literally forsake the crutch and say, okay, I realize that crutch is a stair because I'm trying to draw strength from something that isn't designed to give me strength. I am strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And I need to begin to use this muscle that I haven't ever used before. And yeah, it can feel tender, right? Because if you've never used a muscle before, it can feel tender. It can feel weak because it just hasn't been used before. doesn't mean it is weak. It means it's actually strong in the Lord. It just is it's unfamiliar feeling to you. And so, uh, but I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's time for us to be free. It's time, you know, God wanted this young ruler to be free. He wanted him to be, to get a hundredfold. He wanted him to walk in, in such an abundant blessing that, that he couldn't even not contain, he had to give it away. You know, he wanted him to walk in this level of freedom, but he walked away instead. And he was more comfortable with his crutch than he was with the freedom Jesus was offering. And so today, I just, I just want us to just like to not go in with a heavy heart, but I want us to go in with something saying, "Oh, Father, we want to be free, and whom the Son is free is free indeed." And there's no justification, there's no condemnation, there's no shame, there's no nothing. There's just us saying, "Okay, uh, okay, whatever needs to be exposed, whatever crutch I've been, I've been, I've been using for the last however many years, whatever victimization, whatever criticism, whatever resentfulness, whatever offense, whatever unforgiveness, whatever it is between me and God or people, oh, we just we hand all that over because I want the the muscles of the DNA of God that's on the inside of us to actually get strong, so we can walk in health with everything." Around around us, and we can have the hundredfold. So, Father, I thank you, Lord God, for that. I just thank you for just revealing that with you, all things are possible. In our power, it's not possible, but with your power, it's easy, and we just allow it to be easy and light, and we just thank you, Lord God, for freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. 
Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.